time I do my infusion, I feel exhausted. But then the next day, I start to feel good again. Because my disease was not recognized as a disease in Brazil, I couldn't get the medication. So I need to find a lawyer, and this lawyer needs to appeal in the court. Genetics isn't always black and white, and the emotions and decisions surrounding genetic testing can be even more complex. Welcome to Patient Stories with Gray Genetics. I'm Eleanor Griffith, a certified genetic counselor and the founder of Gray Genetics, a telehealth genetic counseling and consulting service. It seems like there are constantly headlines in the news about genetics, but few news stories focus on the patient experience. At Gray Genetics, we are collecting patient stories, your stories. Every other Tuesday, we share an interview with a patient or a genetic counselor. And they start to give me the medication one month, and then the other month I didn't have it, and they give me for more three months, and then they stop it again. I had some doctors that they came up with the idea that I was crazy, and then that was saying that I had pain just to get attention. Monique Slongo is 30 years old and grew up in Brazil, where she was diagnosed with Fabry disease at age 15, at the same time that her father and multiple other family members were diagnosed with Fabry disease. After 10 years of struggling to receive good care in Brazil, Monique moved to the U.S., living in multiple states before finally settling in the San Francisco area, where the temperate climate is best for Fabry disease. So, Monique, you have Fabry disease. What is Fabry disease? So... Fibre disease is a genetic disease. Um, there is a kind of enzyme that helps you to helps your body to eliminate a kind of fat. And I don't have this enzyme, so my body keeps this kind of fat called GL3. If I, I think it's that's the name. And this fat accumulates in the organs, like uh, the brain, the heart, the kidneys, and it can cause an organ failure. Also, the fabric causes a very specific pain, that's a pain like a burning in your hands and your feet, and sometimes causes strokes in the early ages. Mm-hmm. And causing also depression, and but the worst symptom of Fabry was to be it's pain. Okay, okay. And at what point were you diagnosed with Fabry disease? How did you get that diagnosis? I got diagnosed when I was fifteen. I still was living in Brazil, and my family was going to many doctors because my father also had the Fabry disease. So we are going to many, many different doctors trying to find what we have because we all have very extreme symptoms, but any doctor couldn't, couldn't find what was that. So there is, my father just got luck that he went to visit one doctor and this doctor was studying fibroid disease and he said that it could be what our family have. And then we got tested and the results come back that we actually have the fibre disease. Okay, so you got you you and your father actually were diagnosed at the same time? Yes, in two thousand five. Okay. What did was that doctor helpful to you with the next steps in terms of knowing how your care should be different to take care of you? 
Uh, actually not. He only diagnosed us with hybrid disease, but he wasn't working with us um, because he moved to São Paulo. But after we discovered what we have, we could go on the internet and find more people with the same diagnosis. Also an association that helps people with fibroid that it helps us a lot. Right now you're living in the U.S., right? Yes. Right now I'm living in San Mateo, California. Okay. Has your medical care been really different in the U.S. than in Brazil? Yes, it is, it's been because now I have a group of doctors, including pain management doctor and a good psychiatrist. And in Brazil, it was hard for me because I couldn't have health insurance because the insurance doesn't accept me because of the fabric. Okay. So, yeah. So here I have everything that I need and... I'm doing my infusions at home every other week. There's a nurse that came to my home to do my medication for Fabry. Okay. And that's enzyme replacement therapy? Yes, it is. And that's all covered by your insurance here? That's great to hear. Yeah, it is. Yeah. We complain a lot about our healthcare system, but <laughs> it's, it's nice to hear that you've actually had a better experience here than in Brazil. Yeah, in Brazil, I couldn't have health insurance because the insurance doesn't accept me because of my disease. And he, so I couldn't have any group of doctors. I only had one doctor that was great, but wasn't enough. Right. Okay. And is your father still living in Brazil? No, my father, he passed away in 2014. He was only 46 years old. Was that related to Fabry disease? Yeah. Yes, yeah. his heart stopped work, and then he had many strokes at the hospital, and he couldn't resist. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. It was very complicated. Um, I remember that uh, he stayed at the hospital for about a month, and every day his pain was getting worse, and his heart was stopping little by little until he stopped working. And it was very complicated and very sad because the month that his pain stayed at hostel, he felt a lot of pain and nothing could help him. Mm -hmm. It was very, very traumatizing for me because I remember that I spent many nights with him and he couldn't sleep because of the pain. He couldn't move himself because of the stroke. It was yeah. very sad. Yeah. Did he also have some enzyme replacement therapy on and off like you? Yes, he did. Okay, but just like that inconsistency. Yes. What symptoms were you and your father having specifically that led to your diagnosis? And it was it symptoms that he'd had kind of his whole life and then you started having them, so it made you look for answers together, or how did that all happen? So me and my father do symptom that we have more than anything it was pain like an excruciating pain especially mm -hmm. in the hands and feet and my father used to feel pain all over his body if i remember that he was complaining many times that he felt his body was burning not just the feet and hands my in my case it was just the feet and hands and it was, but for my father, it was all his body. 
Yeah. And now that you have that diagnosis and you're getting the enzyme replacement therapy, do you still have a lot of pain or is that really under control? No, it's been a couple of years since I don't feel much pain anymore. Sometimes if I do many exercises during the day or try to do more than my body can do, I still feel pain, but it's very well controlled right now. You were diagnosed when you were only 15, and it's, it sounds like were you starting to feel symptoms just around that time for the first time, around age 15? No, I started to feel symptoms when I, when I was four years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, also my father, he started to have symptoms when he was a kid, too. Did that make school hard for you? Yeah, so it was hard school for me because... I used to see all the kids playing and I couldn't play together because I had pain. Mm -hmm. And I missed many, many classes because I used to have a lot of fever when I was a kid and and have a lot of fatigue too. So sometimes I just couldn't go to school. I missed many, many classes. And yeah. then in 2017, I just decided to stop to go to school and wait to get my GED after my health get better. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. When you got the diagnosis at 15, do you remember how that made you feel? Was it kind of a relief to have an answer? Or was that hard or confusing? Uh, it was really great that I had an answer for the pain that I was feeling because uh, I had some doctors that they came up with the idea that I was crazy and then uh, that was saying that I had pain just to get attention. So when mm-hmm. I got diagnosed with Fabry, I couldn't tell people what I have. I couldn't let them know that I wasn't pretend. So to me, it was a big relief because I spent years feeling sick well to know why. In Brazil, it's kind of different because I didn't have health insurance. I need to go. I need. I need an, a lawyer to go against the state to see if they could provide me the medication. Mm-hmm. And they they gave me the medication for a couple months, but then they start to cut it off. Give me for a couple months again. Cut it off. So there is a point that medication wasn't helping me because it wasn't taken the way that I should. So that's why I decided to come to U.S. because here I can have my medication without any problems. We'll be back with patient stories in just a minute. Have you ever wondered how your own family medical history might impact your personal health risks? Or maybe you're wondering if you'd be a good candidate for genetic testing, but you aren't quite ready to commit to a full genetic counseling session. Our Family History Review is perfect for those seeking more information and guidance before making an appointment with a genetic counselor. Simply answer a few questions about your personal and family medical history, and a certified genetic counselor will review it and return a written evaluation right to your email inbox in three to five business days. They will also provide you with a personalized risk assessment and even recommend to you what your next steps could be. Check out this service and more on greygenetics.com. That's G-R-E-Y genetics.com. 
You'd mentioned that after you and your father were diagnosed with Fabry disease, the doctor who diagnosed you moved away to Sao Paulo um, and wasn't really that helpful to you. But you said you went online and found a Fabry organization that was helpful. Um, what what was that organization? How did that end up being helpful? Uh, the, organization, the organization was helpful because the president of this organization was a guy that had Fabry. So he understands very well what we are living. Mm-hmm. And he, we became friends and it he helped my mom to to find the lawyers and he explained to us how things work and like how you need to go to the doctors, how you need to find the lawyers, how you get access to the medication. Mm-hmm. Was it a Brazilian organization? So he was familiar with how the Brazilian health system works? Yeah, it was a Brazilian organization called the Associação Brasileira de Fabri. Did they help connect you with, because it sounded like you needed to actually work with a lawyer to bring us a lawsuit against the government in Brazil mm-hmm. to get them to provide you with enzyme replacement therapy. Do I have that right? Yes. But the lawyer we found, it was a lawyer from my city in Brazil. He wasn't familiarized with the Fabry. Mm-hmm. He, he, we just, he decided to help us and we accepted his help. It, and he's still doing the, doing his job, helping people to get the infusions. He is now the official lawyer from the AGF, the Organization of Fiber Disease in Rio Grande do Sul. So it sounds like you helped teach him about Fabry disease. Yes, my mom actually, because my mom runs an organization for people with Fabry now, uh-huh. and he works with her. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So did you have any any success with that lawsuit in terms of getting, Is it was it trying to get insurance coverage or just getting the government to pay for enzyme mm-hmm. replacement therapy directly? So I couldn't get insurance in Brazil because they don't accept me because I have a genetic disease and it was very expensive to have the medication. Mm-hmm. So they cannot accept me. Um, and is that in Brazil, is that is all of the health insurance yeah. private? Yes, it's okay. insurance private. But we have a um, universal health care system that's free for everybody. Mm-hmm. But because my disease was not recognized as a disease in Brazil, I couldn't get the medication. So I need to find a lawyer, and this lawyer needs to appeal in the court to see if they can get me the medication. And I did that more than one time. And for a, for a little time, they sent me the, they decided to buy the medication, and they sent me the medication for a while. And then they stopped to buy the medication. I need to go again to the court to see if I could have the medication again. And they start to give me the medication one month, and then the other month I didn't have it. Then they give me for more three months, and then they stop it again. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the reasons why I leave Brazil. Yeah, because with enzyme replacement therapy, it's it's really important that you get it consistently, right, yeah. for it to help at all. Yes, you can have every other week. You can just miss doses because then you can feel more sick or more pain, and it can be bad for your organs. Yeah. How long did that go on, kind of the on and off um, help from the government in terms of the enzyme replacement therapy before you decided that you needed to live somewhere else? 
it was going on for about five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And did the lawyer suggest to you or the Fabre organization that you try living in another country or the U.S.? Or how did you even come up with that idea? So after my father passed away, I was feeling extremely sad and I didn't want to stay in one place that I couldn't have my medication because I saw how much he suffered. Uh-huh. And so me and my husband, I have a family here in the USA. So we decided to move here and try to see if I get the medication here. Even before we move here, I contact an organization from here and some people that also have fibers in the groups here. They help me to find the the account that I needed to have my infusions here. Okay. So you were married when you were in Brazil? No, I got married last year. <laughs> Oh, okay. But you, you, you're, you met your husband in Brazil. Yeah. You were already together there. I met okay. him in 2012. It's been nine years. Oh yeah! Congratulations. Thank how did how did you meet your husband? Just like having heard you talk about what a toll, um, you know, the disease takes on your life. It's, it seems like it's hard to find room for for social activity and meeting people. Yeah, I met him in a very strange situation because I was studying in Sao Paulo and he was renting a home in his apartment and I went there to rent his room and then it's where we met. Wait, you were studying at the university and you went to his apartment to, no. to study, you said? Like I a study group? No, I was doing a course in Brazil. Uh-huh. And then I needed a place to live, and he was renting a room, a room in his apartment, and I rented that room. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that sounds like a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that worked out. Yeah, it worked out very well. Yeah. Um, so he had some family in the U.S. and in California specifically? No, he had family in Connecticut. So when we first decided to come to U.S., we went to Connecticut. We spent a month there. And then we moved to Massachusetts because the genzyme that makes my medication is from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Did that make it easier to get to get access to actually being in the same state as genzyme? I think so. It was very easy to me get the medication there. I spoke with some manager from my case that is from Genzyme, and they helped me go through the process. It was very easy. Nice, yeah. So how did you end up out in California? So after one year in Massachusetts, we decided to move to Vegas to live with a couple of friends. Then we lived for two years in Vegas, but it was too hot for me there. And every time that's too hot, I get pain. So we decided to move to a place that wasn't so hot and wasn't so cold. So we decided to come to San Francisco because we came to visit a friend here and we liked the place and the climate. It was okay for me. Where you were living in Brazil, was it also quite hot? Yeah, in my state in Brazil, it was too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter. So okay. it was very complicated for me and for people that have fiber leaf there. You have brothers and sisters? I have two brothers, but they don't have fiber. Okay. Um, and then I think you've mentioned you have um, a lot of aunts and uncles on your father's side who have fiber disease or who had fiber disease. 
Yes, I do. Uh, all my uncles with fiber disease, five of them, they passed away before they, they're 50 years old. And mm -hmm. I have two aunts that also have fiber, but they are almost 60 and they are doing the treatment even on and off. They still doing the treatment and they are responding very well. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, were your aunts and uncles diagnosed after you and your father were diagnosed? Did your diagnosis help them get diagnosed? Yeah, because uh, we go to do the test for Fabry all together, not just me and my father, but me, my father, my aunts, my uncles, and my cousins. Oh, okay. I, I guess you were probably an exciting case for that doctor who was studying Fabry disease. I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, are you still in touch with your cousins in Brazil who have Fabry disease? Yes, I speak a lot with them because it's been three years since I went to Brazil last time and I miss them a lot. So I speak a lot with my cousins and my family. Mm -hmm. And some of them still having crisis and it was and are not doing the medication like they're supposed to do. And that makes me concerned a lot about how they will cope with that. Yeah. And when you say not doing the medication like they're supposed to do, do you mean that they're not um, taking it even though they could? Or do they have the same issues like you did with not having consistent access? Uh, not having consistent access. Yeah. Um, have any of them considered coming to the U.S.? I don't know how difficult that was for you to, to immigrate here. No, any of them wants to come here because I'm from a small city when everyone knows everyone mm -hmm. and they like to live there. They just don't like the medication that they can gain, but they they feel, how can I say that? They They don't want to move to another place. Yeah, they feel they feel like they're home and they don't want to leave their home, right? And to me, I was I left my house for the first time when I was sixteen. So to me it was easy to move to, from one place to another because all my life I spent moving and not living with my parents for a very young age. So to me it was easy. Yeah. Where or why did you move out at sixteen? When I was sixteen I got married. <laughs> my my Oh, okay. <laughs> But I got married with a guy that I met online, and I spent, and then I decided to move with him to São Paulo. Okay, but that's not your current husband. It's not no, the one. I okay, stayed three years with my ex. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, different romantic history. Yeah. <laughs> you and your husband uh, in the U.S. have lived so many different places: Connecticut, Massachusetts, Nevada, California. Um, how easy or difficult has it been for you to make friends in all those different places? It was been extremely difficult because I stay at home a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I don't go out to meet people. In Vegas, I, I met some people there because I was doing an English school. Mm -hmm. So I could make friends there. But since we moved here, I had a problem on my neck that gave me headaches. And the headaches gave me fabric crisis. So I spent more than a year just in bed feeling pain all the time. So I couldn't go out to make any friends. And I miss that a lot. Yeah. And that's even with the enzyme replacement therapy, it just impacted you that much. 
Yeah, no, the problem on my neck made me have crisis even doing my medication for Fabry. Right. Um, and I think you mentioned you were just starting to feel better and like in a place where you could probably go out and do more things when the pandemic started. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I started to feel better last year. So uh-huh. About, I think it was about August, I stopped to take pain medication and I still did not take it. When the pandemic stopped, I think that maybe it would be a good time for me to start go out and meet new people. Based on your experience in Brazil of trying to find a doctor who would give you that diagnosis, um, is there anything that you really wish like doctors in general in Brazil would would understand that might apply to doctors here too? Um, yes, I'd like them to understand that sometimes it's not because you, you can't find a diagnosis for people. That doesn't mean that they are lying about what they feel. Sometimes it just takes more time for some people to know what they have and we don't like i don't think anyone would like to pretend that they are sick or in pain all the time just to get attention it seems like having fabry disease has been a really lonely disease for you in general um how have you coped with that it sounds like it sounds like you're very close to your family and you met um well your first husband at a very young age <laughs> and your second husband pretty young too have they been your main support people or what has that all been like for you uh, Marcelo, my husband, is my main support person. He supports me a lot. He helps me a lot with everything. Um, and I speak with my mom and my brothers every day. Sometimes we do video calls. And I speak with my cousin sometimes. One thing that I do that helps me cope with fabrics is writing journaling. Uh-huh. And I used to, I have a... Um, Facebook page that has have 8,000 likes that talks about genetic disease and fiber disease and I really enjoy that I, I feel that I can help people sharing my story. Patient Stories is an ad-free podcast and is unaffiliated with any commercial genetic testing laboratories. We would like to keep it that way. You can now donate to Patient Stories online by going to graygenetics.com slash podcast slash donate. If you don't want to make a monetary donation but still want to support the show in another way, leaving a review on iTunes or sharing our episodes through social media also makes a big difference. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute medical advice and is also not a substitute for genetic counseling. Neither Gray Genetics nor any of its guests makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast. Evaluation of an individual's personal and family health history is a crucial part of genetic counseling and any recommendations.